Welcome, Welcome to Step Into the Light. Alright. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about how the devil likes to attack you. And there's three main things that I see in that, at least. And it's like temptation, shame, doubt, you know? Yeah, um, which is prevalent all throughout the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Point me to a story that does not have shame or doubt in it. Right. Um, so actually, even from the very beginning with Adam and Eve, but, yeah. you know, it was them with the doubt and the shame and the, the, the devil trying to get into their mind. And yeah. so, like in chapter 3, when... They were already told not to touch the tree of good and evil, mm -hmm. right? Don't eat the fruits. They had all these beautiful trees with wonderful fruits. Like, literally, the world was perfect, except for this one tree that God was like, do not eat that. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, like, on verse 2, they go, And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God that said, God, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither ye shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye not ye shall not surely die. Yeah. Like and he's like now. he's like, God told you that you would die, but you're not actually gonna die. Yeah. You know, like you'll be fine. Yeah. The father lies over there, not lying. Right. Sure. Uh -huh. So, and then the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth not know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. So that was a temptation right there, for sure. Like, you know, um, you don't want to, he said not to eat this. Well, actually, if you eat it, you're going to be just like him. Don't you want to be just like him? I mean, yeah. how amazing is he? Yep. And he tends, you know, yeah. that's something we're going to run into in a couple couple little stories that we go through here he today he loves to promise you the world oh, when when yeah. you actually feed into his promises of the world it things just get worse oh yeah you know yeah. because he can't he can't give you the world like god promises can. yeah yeah so then uh the woman saw that the tree was good for food she was like oh, okay i'll eat it also to keep in mind Eve, at this point, did not have the name of Eve. She was with that identity. Yeah. And that's something, oh my gosh, the devil loves. He yeah, loves to attack people. Yeah, if you don't know your identity and who you are in Christ, you're not going to have any kind of foundation to be able to stand upon, you know? Exactly. And yeah. God is God made you, therefore, the only way to really know yourself mm -hmm. is to have that relationship with God. Yeah. And that's something that, I mean, you know... Even Adam obviously had a relationship in a sense, but not. she didn't have her own identity to stand on with God. Yeah. So it was so easy for the serpent to be like, you know, go do this, and she did it. Yeah. So then obviously they do, as we all know, eat the tree of good and evil, the fruits off of it. And this is why we're in our predicament today of all these well, never worldly flesh But the eyes of them both were opened right after. And they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together, and they made themselves aprons. And then they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden of the cool day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. They were Shame. so, yes, they were so shameful at this point. So here, first we have the devil making them doubt what God said to them. You, this just happens to everybody in multiple yeah. ways. You doubt of your own capabilities. I mean, even when we started this, I know, I don't know about you guys, but yeah. I was like, I'm not. I'm not capable of doing this. Who am I? Oh, yeah. Who am I that to be telling people first. about God? Like, why would they listen to me? Yeah. You know? So, and then just twisting his words, something else we'll get into. Yeah. You know, he just loves to get into your mind in any way possible that he can. Mm -hmm. um, he needs that foothold. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so he was, you know, telling him this, and then they ate the, the fruit of good and evil, and automatically their eyes were open to things the of the flesh, the darkness. Yeah, the darkness. And the devil's world. Yep, and that is why today we all have these problems because of Mr. Adam and Mrs. Eve. <laughs> okay. But mainly yeah. Eve, like I said. Eve was not very helpful. She didn't know her identity. She wasn't secure in God. Can't blame her that much. I mean... Okay, when I, I wasn't, wasn't securing God, I was all you know, I'm not going near it. You know, and that's something we can't judge her too much. You're right, you're right. Yeah. Because I guess this happens to a lot of people, you know, where the and it's so easy. A lot of times you don't even
Oh, like, for example, like, you're a husband, you're at home, your wife, your children are at home. They will pop in your mind, mm, let me watch some porn. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's just because you're vulnerable. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. he just loves to and get I, to people. And I think it's easy, too, like, for us, like, oh, we wouldn't eat the fruit. We also know the full story. You know, we yeah. have the we have the gift of hindsight of knowing she ate that fruit. Yeah. It plunged us into darkness. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think and that's something we can, you know, kind of as Christians understand, like, if we put ourselves in that situation and we don't know the outcome, how would we go about it? You know? Yeah, True. exactly. I mean, honestly. When you don't have eyes to see like that. And, I mean, you're also very fresh in this world with God. And while you have seen his perfect power you don't know the whole story and everything that he's been able to do yet because yeah. this is all afterward yeah so eve and you also really don't know the story of the devil yeah so it's i mean yeah, honestly very easy for her to be like well if this man here is if this little snake walking yeah. snake is telling me that i can eat this tree and i'll be fine and i'll be just like god i might as well yeah, why wouldn't you? I, why would, you would, listen why would anyone lie to you in this perfect world? You don't know anything about it. You know nothing. So really, we can't blame her. No. Um, it does suck. But then again, <laughs> I think that God had, God knew, obviously, this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. He knew everything from the beginning to the yeah. end. He even knows how he's going to come back and rescue us all from this evil that we all succumb to after that fruit. Um, I mean, the whole thing. So it's all, but this all goes back to, hugely how the devil really gets to our mind like first he makes us doubt and then through doubt goes hand in hand with you know like shame um when you're shamed or or when you when you have doubt you go and you do things that you wouldn't usually do because of the temptation of your flesh Flesh. and when you do those things that's when you feel they all go hand in hand yeah and And this is the first time the devil has ever tempted has ever actually gotten into the mind of someone and won you know so it's like, well, wouldn't he do it again at the first time he ever did it? It went just it was like a good how game he plan. wanted it to. I mean, the game plan was executed yeah, perfectly. It was the first time. The very first time, good game plan. But now he's used the same one. <laughs> yeah, we'll see, because that's time. the thing is, I'm shocked that people haven't caught on at this point. <laughs> I haven't even really caught on. I mean, everybody, it's so easy to get yeah. to it, but the devil has the same. The studying tactics every time. It started to make sense in my mind, too. I was like, oh, my gosh, Mm -hmm. I cannot believe I've never studied this before. People need to hear this because it's like, oh, my God, yeah, because he did that this time, this time, and this time in my life. And he did it this way, this way, and this way. I haven't caught on yet. Yep. It's it's insane. I don't understand. But it is always the exact same. And a lot of the times, like we said, it goes back to the doubt. Like, even with Moses, which I feel like a lot of people look at Moses as just such a figure. Like, I mean, obviously not God, but, like, somebody to look upon and, like, admiration. Like, he was so righteous, you know. And he was an awesome man, a very godly man. He Mm -hmm. led the Israelites out of Egypt, even though the Israelites were huge on doubt. I mean, literally, you had the Red Sea part in front of you. Are you sure, though? They were huge. Are you sure that was... I'm oh, so, are you sure that was God? Oh, yes. <laughs> what they were like. I'm like, but did he really though? Did he really like? Are you sure that? But was you gotta think right? about the same thing day to day. You know how we are now. You know, like say you come down with something really bad, right? And the doctors give you, you know, you're not gonna live long, or people get cancer every day. You know, mm-hmm. and they come out of cancer and they go back to living the same way. You're right, and the, see, that's yeah. just the part. That's the part of the devil. Like he will get you at any point Except of weakness and vulnerability, and like, for an example, those Israelites literally saw the Red Sea part in front of them. But then when they went on to go through the Red Sea, away from the Egyptians, they found themselves hungered, mm-hmm. and they were blaming God. And God literally made bread rain from heaven. Yeah. Okay, literally bread rained from heaven. <laughs> and they were like, oh. They still doubted him, which, I mean, so it's like, yeah. it's, it really is. It just is like. As humans, we're going to doubt. It's, it's in our DNA. See? It's going to happen. Yeah. So even Moses, though, before he ever led the Israelites out of Egypt, God had come to him and he let him know, hey, like, this is what I want you to do. I want you to lead all of the Egyptians out of the land of the Pharaoh, take them through the Red Sea, do what you got to do. But Moses didn't feel good enough, as a lot of us do when we're put with a task in front of us that God feels that we, you know, should do with our lives. Because we all have a purpose. It's something we just talked about. Um, But Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go into Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? Doubting himself. Doubting. So then God tells him his huge 
ginormous plant. Here's what you should do. Keep in mind, at this point, he's literally in a flaming fire on a bush. At a bush that isn't even actually burning. Yeah, which is... He's like, it's not even actually burning, it's just fire, and it's God talking to him. So at this point, most, a lot of people, I mean, you can't really say what you would do in that moment, just like how you can't say what you would do. No. (laughs) But it's kind of like, if I have somebody in front of me who is God, telling me that I'm going to do this and that and this and that, and they're in a flaming fire in a bush that isn't actually burning, I'm going to be like, I'm going to take your word for that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So, um... But, you know, he tells him everything that he's going to end up doing. He tells him what he wants to do. Huge map of your plan here. Through uh, Exodus chapter 2, 12 through 22, basically. And then he said, and Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my my voice. For they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. So he's like, Yeah, I know you're telling me to do all this. But even when I go tell everybody else that you're telling me to do all of this, it's not going to be that simple. They're not. They're going to be like, you're insane. Yeah. God never told you to do any of that. Yeah. So then God is like, okay, you see that rod in your hand? Throw it down. So he throws it down and it turns into a serpent. Um, and then he picks it up because God told him to and it turned back into a rod. Okay. And then he also made his hand leprous snow and then made his hand back into normal. Mm-hmm. Just to show him that you know, hey, I can work these miracles in front of these people and show them that I am with you and that you can do these things through my name if you will just do these things. I promise you they'll believe you. I'm going to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Again, Moses is like, oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore. Heretofore? I'm not sure. <laughs> Nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of slow tongue. You said, you know, Moses has, like, a stuttering problem. Yeah, speech problem, yeah. So, I mean, how a lot of us do, like, if we have some type of insecurity, oh, my gosh, and the devil loves to feed on insecurities. Oh gosh, yeah. Like, you know. We'll blow them up to 30 times their size. Yeah. Make it seem like it's the worst And that's, thing that's the also where anxiety and nerves come from. And we're just so scared that people yes, are judging you. Yes, and we're not built to, like, hold those. Like, mm-hmm. we are not made to be able to hold just you know, depression you are and anxiety. Perfect in God's image, despite how you talk, that despite is, how you look. Yeah. You know, but yet the devil loves to be like, you're not good enough. Mm-hmm. Or, hey, Moses, you have a stuttering problem. So if you think that God's telling you to go speak in front of people, don't. Yeah. <laughs> so, but he was like, I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. Mm-hmm. And the Lord literally said unto him, and this is something we all should take into account when God tells us to do something and we feel insecurities. The Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth, or who maketh the dumb, or deaf, or the seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Yeah. You know? If I'm telling you to go do something, I promise you I'm going to make a way. Yeah, don't doubt me. It doesn't matter what your capabilities are, what you yeah. feel, or how how insecure you are. Like, I'm going to make it happen. Oh, yeah. And then the Moses still goes on to say, like, you know, I just don't feel like I'm I'm good enough. I don't think I'm going to be good at public speaking. I'm going to stutter. Not in the exact words, but paraphrasing. And then that's when he's like, after he really got, God got a little angry, he was like, okay, 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 listen. Fine. You have a brother named Aaron? He can speak well, right? Okay. Y'all can do this together. And then that's when that all went out, went out from there. But huge on uh, Moses. So, I mean, obviously, even people in the Bible have doubt. Oh, yeah. I think every single, every person. I mean. Yeah, and yeah, you know, every person is going to have doubt. And I think it really, the importance of it is what you do when you do start to doubt. Mm-hmm. You know, do you turn to God or do you turn towards the doubts? And which that brings me to kind of two stories. Um, everybody knows Peter. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Peter, one day, Jesus was walking on the water. And Peter was like, hey, can I come walk on the water with you? And so he goes out and starts walking on water with Jesus, right? And you're legit. First of all, you're one of Jesus' disciples. You You've know what seen saying? all of his wonderful You've seen miracles. everything that he's done. He's done miracles for you. He is doing a miracle for you right now. You are walking on water. But still that doubt seeks in. It's like, look at the waves crashing. Look, look, look how the sea is going. You know, and he starts looking at the doubt. And he begins to sink. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? And so he focused on something else yeah. instead of God. All right? So that brings you to this story right here. And it's the one of Gideon. Um, and a little background on the story. Israel was um, kind of taken over by the Midianites. Right? And God came to Gideon and told him, you're going to be the one to lead Israel 
out from under their control. And he, and that doubt automatically sets in. He's like, no, it can't be me. I'm the smallest tribe. I'm, I'm the smallest of my family. It's not me, God. I'm, I'm telling you it's not me. You messed up. I know you don't do that. Yeah, you, you had to mess up. It's not me. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That's the wrong boy. Everybody right? feels that way. You like, know what I'm saying? You think, no, 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 no. God, I know you're God and all But did you not know that I, I can't do this? I can't yeah, walk like, right. I'm small. I'm, yeah. It's not me. It's not me. I'm, I'm, I'm heavy. Small. I can't walk on water, you yeah. know? Right. But I'm um, so he, he takes that to God and he's like, Look, God, okay, I trust you. If it's actually me, I will lay this fleece on the threshing hold. And if it rings a dew in the morning and the threshing hold is dry, I know that you chose me. So he sets it up, you know, he's getting ready for his plane. He goes to sleep, wakes up, and he rings the fleece and it's wet of dew and the floor is dry. Mm-hmm. Right? And so you'd think after that, like, he's going to trust God. You know, so he's going into battle, you know, he's going to do his yeah. thing. But still, he's like, I don't know, God. This might just be how it works. How about how about this? How about I lay it on the floor, and if it's dry and the floor is wet tomorrow, I got you. I'm with you, right? So he goes to sleep, <laughs> wakes back up, fleece is dry, floor is wet, and he chooses to take that and lead Israel out of the of the control of the Midianites. Sometimes we need a few pushes. Oh, <laughs> that just shows like God will deliver the miracles that you ask him for or deliver these things that really shouldn't be happening if you ask him for yeah. signs or whatever. Yeah. I mean because but we're human, we're gonna doubt. be like it's not it's not me. Yeah. You know I mean saying? that's just like the Israelites, like you literally saw the sea part. You literally yeah. had bread bread rain from heaven but yet you doubt, you know, and that's yeah. normal. I mean, and I just think, just take it to God. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're going to have doubts. Like, when we chose to do this, every one of us had a little doubt. Like, yeah. can we really do this? And yeah. I'll tell you right now, like, the biggest thing that I've leaned on during that time is that day. Like, just looking back on that, because that's one of the biggest things I feel like when there's doubt instilled in a situation, like, God is, He's going to do signs and wonders to let you know of what path you need to take, yeah. you know? And He did that to start this. And anytime that doubt came in, I just look back on that. But that's also another thing that the devil will start to attack is those days. But was that really God? Was that really him that did this? You know, that has been something in my mind consistently. It's like, it's like, because, you know, it's so crazy because I feel like you really visibly remember the crazy, negative, bad things in your life. That day was beautiful. And we're, like we've said before, there's really not a way to explain everything that happened in the day that we came up with Step Into the Light and the idea to do this. But, like, it was so god-driven like it was like he was literally in the like he was so there for days on end i was like walking around like (laughs) i was so joyful oh my gosh i was crying up a storm um jonathan was at work for majority of the day but then the moment he got home he was seeing it too it was just like thing after it like oh my gosh it was insane but so ever since then it's kind of like and he does this a lot. I think the devil tries to get into your mind a lot when you get vulnerable enough for him to do so. He's kind of like, hmm, I know you thought that that was a sign, but, like, could you have just making that up? Yeah, exactly. Maybe you're making it up. It like, like, that feeling that you had you know? was just something that you were trying to make yourself Yeah, feel. you were, yeah. It was a mental thing. I know. You know? And, and that's exactly what he does. And I think that every time I feel that way, I find myself opening the Bible. And it's like, or praying to God about, like, you know, you know, like, make, make me feel confident in what you mm-hmm. want me to do. Because a lot of people lack confidence in, in God's purpose. Yeah. Right. Give me, you know, let your light shine, shine on, on my path. path. Yeah. Um, you know, so I don't stumble. I don't want to be so... I want to do what you want me to do and nothing else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I feel like a lot of people feel that way, but then the devil would just, like... He just loves to try yeah. to get into your mind. Like, yes. it, it, and, and he will. Even the more when, and more and more that you try to, like, get closer to God... The scarier oh, he the is, he's more like, he's gonna attack. Because he's so jealous. You get to that like secret place with God, and you really start to fall in love and long for Him. Mm-hmm. Oh, expect it to happen. You just have to you have to know how to handle it. You know, even with Gideon, literally one one day he sees a straight up miracle happen. Okay, and he's still like, mm, no, that's not a miracle. Actually, I need it again. I need it again. In a matter of like what hours? Twenty four hours. He's like, no, I don't believe that anymore. I need another one. You yeah. know? Like, yep. I'm like, what about if I if I were to see a wall of water here and a wall of water here and fish swimming on my sides, and then the moment I get on the land, it go, Yeah. And all of everybody that was chasing me get killed. Mm-hmm. 
I'm just like, the, and that's crazy. The devil is powerful in that way. Even after seeing such crazy things, even after feeling such wonderful feelings, being so close to God, he'll attack and he'll make you mm -hmm. doubt. And of course, you know, the, to the Israelites because they were God's chosen people. Those were the people that he was like, the, the devil the is so jealous because we all have the ability to move further in our in our spiritual relationship with him, to have an eternity with God. The devil has no ability to ever get anywhere the, but where he is. Actually, yep. he's going to end up in a lake of fire one day. Yep. So really, it's only going to end up worse for and him. He's destined there. You know what I'm saying? He knows he can't He can't save himself. He wants to There's nothing he can do. Like yeah. you said, he just wants to bring people there. Anyone yep. can. And however he can do it, if he can just say, you know, uh, well, the reason that the fleece was full of dew is because that's how it works, Gideon. I mean, come yeah. on, you know what I'm saying? But then you reverse it, you know? So I just think, take it to God, you know? Just take it to God. Like, hey, I know I shouldn't have these doubts, but I do. Mm -hmm. Or just like, honestly, Gideon could have easily been like, you know, maybe in the morning dew already dried up. And this is just having a little bit longer with time having to dry. Yeah, so there's really there's no reason. You know, and yeah, that's another thing. Like, he'll hit you with all types of excuses. And so, going on to even Peter, you know, like, um, God told Peter that in uh, Luke chapter 22, 31 through 34, literally was told by Satan, Jesus was, that he was going to attack Peter with the doubt, that he was going to try, that he was going to get Peter to deny him. He said, the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as we, but I have prayed for thee, for thee that thy faith fell not and when thou art converted strengthen thy brethren and he said unto him lord i am ready to go with thee both into prison and to death and he said i tell thee peter the cock shall not crow this day before that thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me so he was like he already knew he already knew that peter was going to deny him mm -hmm. he knew it and he knew what satan wanted to do was going to happen to peter you know but he just prayed and prayed and prayed that he would come back with his faithfulness afterwards. And he did. Um, but actually, he the same day denied Jesus three times, each time with more anger. You know, the first time he just said it to a damsel. He was like, yeah, I don't know him. Mm -hmm. The second time, he literally swore on oath to somebody different in the same night. Mm, I don't know him. Yeah. And then the third time, he's cussing. He's like you know, swearing at everybody and their mama, I do not know this man. Yeah, like, how dare you accuse me of that? You know? And then the crow. Yeah. And then it was like, and, you know, that goes, so doubt, because he didn't actually believe what Jesus was saying was going to happen. He was like, I would never deny you. He, he said that, you know, I would never deny you. And then the same night he did, and right after, and he went out and wept bitterly. And that relates back to shame. Yeah, and it could have been easy for Peter to stay in that shameful mindset and, and to, you know, instead of that bringing him, instead of realizing that Jesus told him that and drawing it closer to him, he could have pushed him away. He could have stayed and said, you know, I've done, I already denied him. You know, I, I'm already, I'm already here. I'm just going to stay this way. But yeah. instead he looked to God. And like how I was saying is, is don't look I at know. the doubt and don't feed into it. Just go to God and like, you're right. I'm sorry. I denied you, you know, yeah. mm -hmm. and he, he, ended up, he ended up becoming a follower again. Well, that's exactly what Jesus prayed for, too, is for him to come back mm -hmm. in his faithfulness to him. And actually, literally in Peter, on a 1 Peter 5, 8, he says, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. So, literally, he's explained as a lion. And to go deeper into depth about how a lion hunts, they're very, very patient predators. Like, they will sit on the side and wait as long as they need to to get their prey. Yeah. You know, and a lot of the times if you see them, they won't even come after you. Or if you, if you, you know, are in a herd, most times if you're in a herd, they will not attack because they know that they're not strong enough to, to defeat the whole herd. Yeah. Or they'll so, attack the last one. The right. Weakest too. Exactly. That's the thing. They'll wait till, you know, either you're alone or you seem weak mm -hmm. and that's when they'll go for you. And the devil yeah. is the same way like a lion. He will literally patiently wait until you're vulnerable enough, just how he did with Peter. He was alone. He was, he was alone. low in spirit, yeah. weak in spirit. And he, he has no disciples with him at this point. Jesus had been taken. And he does the exact same thing to Jesus, you know, believe it or not. Uh, yeah, he, he even did it to he, Jesus. he tried it. Don't know why, but you know. <laughs> Never changes. But, um, yeah, so 
in Matthew chapter 4, or chapter 3, actually, Jesus had just been baptized, um, and the Holy Spirit came upon him like a dove from heaven, you know. Um, and then he goes straight into the Spirit, takes him out into the wilderness. And then in the wilderness, he fasts for 40 days and 40 nights. And he was weak. He was weak. He Well, not... Not spiritually weak because he's Jesus, Flesh weak, but yeah. like he didn't yeah. have food in his body. And the practice of fasting is to bring you closer to God. So when you're weak at your point, you yes. lean on him more. So yes. literally that Satan came to Jesus in the wilderness. He's literally speaking to him. It said in chapter four of Matthew, it says, and when the tempter came to him, he said, if thou be the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Oh, so you're so hungry. You're, you've been fasting for so long. Why don't you yeah. just make bread like how you did for the Israelites? You you, yeah. had, you made bread rain. You made bread rain from heaven. Yeah. <laughs> and I really like how it's broken down too. When you talk of like the three main things that the devil likes to tempt you with, um, is lust of the flesh, lust of the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Yeah. And that's the three things that he attacked Jesus with. So the first one is lust of the flesh, the food. Like, don't you want this bread? You want it so bad, don't you? And right. then the second one, if you want to read that one. He, well, he said, and when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Mm -hmm. But he answered and said, Jesus, it is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. That's in Deuteronomy 8.3. Mm -hmm. And that just means, basically, I don't need that bread. I What people need is more than just actual physical food. You need to be spiritually fed, mm -hmm. mentally fed, fed Head, by the word of God. Yeah, heavenly you know? Bread. You want heavenly bread. Exactly. You don't need worldly bread. Like, and trash. so the devil's trying to tell him, he's literally trying to tempt him. I mean, like, even Jesus. And, and he's like, no, 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 I don't need that. Yeah. It's literally written and in the Word. it's beautiful, too, because Jesus knew, he knows what heavenly bread is like. So it's like, earthly yeah. bread? <laughs> no. No. I don't want any of that. You should see the stuff that I'm eating over here every day. This ain't nothing. Food that y'all never even have yeah, before. Yeah, exactly. You know? Bread of heaven. So... Then the devil, okay, so he literally quotes scripture. I think this is interesting how Jesus quotes scripture, so the devil rebuttals with quoting scripture, mm -hmm. which which also marks the importance of why you should know your scripture, because we'll get into that. And I think that's important, too, just to pause you a second, is so many people now try to twist scripture and, like, you know, and, and mm -hmm. put you in bad spots and stuff like that. And so I think it's important, and which is about to be, you know, a perfect example is this, to know the word. So yeah. it can't be used against you. Always yeah. go back to the word. So he said, Then the devil taketh him into the holy city, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. So before I go further, I read earlier that basically we're thinking this pinnacle in the temple in Jerusalem probably about 40 stories high. He's not asking him to jump and commit suicide as Jesus. Okay? He's not going to die. He actually knows for a fact if he were to jump, God would send his angels to come and protect him. He would be able to be seen by the whole of Jerusalem that he was just saved by God. Oh, this is the Son of God. Yeah. Like, you want them to know that you're the Son of God? Do it. Yeah. You know? Which I think that would also... And that's the pride of life. Sorry. No, you're you. good. I get excited about this one. That's the pride of life that he was tempting him with. If you're really this, then show me. Show mm -hmm. me. He didn't really care. I mean, the way I look at it, he didn't really care what everybody else saw. He's like, show me. You know, mm -hmm. if you're really this great, show show me. Interesting. And then he said, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee. Oh, for it is written, the devil said. Mm -hmm. This is him quoting that scripture. Psalm 9111 is what he's quoting. He shall give his angels charge concerning thee. And in their hands they shall bear thee up. Least any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Interesting to note, by the way, the one part of that scripture that he leaves out is to keep thee in all thy ways. Yep. Because if he were if he were to put that into the part where he's reciting the scripture, it would be completely contradictive. You're supposed to remain in godly ways, do what God tells you to do, mm -hmm. read his word, you know, but then he's he's just telling him basically about the part that the angels will protect him. Yeah. Nothing about stay how you are. Nothing like that, because he knows that that, is, yeah. that would completely contradict what he's trying to say. Mm -hmm. And Jesus, knowing scripture, says in Deuteronomy 6.16, this is the scripture he's reciting, Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again the devil taketh them into an exceeding high mountain, and sheweth them all the kingdoms of the world, and the glory of them. 
and saith unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Woo! That goes back to him promising the world. Yep, and that's the lust of the eyes in that one. And you know what? That's a lot. That's why he does with a lot of people when you're on a journey with God. I've even noticed it. Like, with for me, I'm like, you know, my friends, they look like they're having so much fun going out to all these bars and doing all these things that I know I shouldn't be doing. But God wants you to think, or not God, I'm sorry. The devil, the devil wants you to think, um, it's you wish you could have that, right? Yeah. I could give you all of that. You could have so much fun. Well, what you're doing is boring. And I love the way that it's written in Luke when it's talking about the temptation of Jesus. Because he actually says that the world is his. Let me find it. Sorry. I thought <laughs> I had it right here, but I don't. Oh, wait. Yeah, I do. Okay. It says, I will give you the glory of these kingdoms and authority over them. The devil said, because they are mine to give to anyone I please. I will give it all to you if you worship me. He makes it seem like it's easier to worship him. Then you'll just immediately get all this stuff. But the way he says the world is mine. Like, this is mine to give. Like, I can give this to you. This is mine. See, the world is it God's. Is. No, it is but, the devil's. But, yeah, the devil as takes, as it takes it's hold his of domain. it. It's easy. It's where he can tempt and... Exactly, and, and, and it's easy for us to get caught up in, like, we want a big house, and we want a nice car, and we want to have fun, but yeah. if you just, you know, hey, I'm going to take my time, I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do, and, I, and I'll have the pearly gates. I would say, I would say that the world is the devil's, but it's supposed to be God's, and God's going to have to come it back one day to take his right. It was supposed to be his, yeah, in the garden, before, you know, they changed to sin they sinned for that very first time it was god's it was all god's yep. and then, and then as the soon as they sinned it turned into the devil and, and it, won the devil, it won the devil his biggest prize and that's yes. why that's game plan we talked about earlier it mm. worked so great from the first time he got his biggest prize because exactly. of, so he tries it over and over and over again and most people in the world will feed into what the devil's telling them to do more than they ever will and God. he's twisted and you know changes in every which way to fit every single person mm -hmm. you know and it's hard to, you know, <laughs> back away from that sometimes because he does rub it in your face. And he's like, but look how easy it is to worship me over here. But look at all this. But you don't see the, look at all the, the depression, the anxiety. The I mean, there's people killing themselves from alcohol constantly, just drinking themselves to death or drugs, you know. And being and addiction old has is, such a hold is, on is like when, you, when you're like famous and stuff and you're, and you're yeah. living the, a worldly life, you become isolated. You know, and, and, you, and you're far from God. And I think that's something that, like, even though as Christians we can feel isolated, as soon as you accept Jesus as your Savior, He's with you. Yeah. yeah. You're never Always. truly alone. No. And I think that's the biggest thing that, you know, the, the thing that you can't see is the biggest thing to me. Yeah. Is that you're all, someone will always be beside you as soon as you accept God as your Savior. Yeah. Yeah, God He will hunt you down. He will stand at the door and knock. And, and he'll fight all your battles for you. Oh, yeah. If yeah. you just give it to him. Yeah. So then Jesus said unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Deuteronomy 6.13, this is also where he says that, you know, God is a jealous God. He doesn't want you to idol other people or worship other figures, you know, like me and me only. Because, like, yeah. like he's done all of this. Nobody else yeah. Nobody else has a hand in this. I made this. <laughs> God. Yeah. Well, then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. And this goes back to later in the New Testament, where in James 4, 7, it literally says, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, when you have these thoughts that you know you shouldn't be doing, when you get to know God's word, you do have kind of a map laid out for you of how you should be living your life. And anything besides that that comes into your mind... You could think of it as like temptation of the devil or doubt from the devil or, or shameful uh, or shame from the devil and kind of just rebuke it out of your mind. Yeah. Go and pray to God about it and he'll yeah. help you. And um, at the very like end after Jesus was tempted, it says the devil um, basically, I don't quote me on this, but I know it was around these kind of words, but basically he said the devil left until his next opportunity. And then the definition of opportunity is a set of circumstances that make it possible to do something. We make it possible for him to really get that foothold once we act on those thoughts that he puts in our head. Once he yep. that anger comes out, we let him get that foothold in us. You know, anger. Oh my god! Oh. I feel like anger's 
Look, actually, literally, for me. <laughs> it literally says at one point that anger is the foothold of the devil. Yeah. And it is so easy. Anger spawns into several different things. Like, mm-hmm. even the other day, I came home upset over our little phone situation. T-Mobile and Sprint did not give me an easy time, okay? <laughs> and I came home, and I was a little angry, and I really kind of, like... She brought it home. I brought it home, but a lot of people do, you know, like after a hard day of work, after, you know, you had a test that day that you know you failed, or, you know, like, I don't know, just anything, like anything can go wrong that just can completely ruin your day if you allow your mind to succumb to it. Yeah. And then you're just thinking and thinking and thinking about everything bad, it's making you dreadful, just like sad, you're just upset, and, and then you come home and the smallest things annoy you, I was kind of letting out on him, like. Obviously, I feel like a lot of people do when you live with people, you immediately go and you get angry with the people that you're with because you've just had a bad day. Yeah. And then it makes them angry. Yeah. And then it's just a cycle. And then it's just a cycle. <laughs> and it's eaten both of you And up. it spawns so into everything. misery loves company. And that's, yes. and, and that's what the devil wants to do. He wants to attack you. And then when you become angry, you go and you start treating other people harshly. Yeah. And you start making them angry. And that's another foothold and for the just, devil. Choo- Mm-hmm. And I think that's Perfect. like, and, you know, the earth constantly until you decide, no, I'm not going to be offended by it anymore. And I think, and I think that's what, that's like so important to me. And I, and I hate to say this again, but as Christians, we have a lot of duties mm-hmm. as Christians. We're going to be, we're going to be angry sometimes, Yeah. but we need to put our foot down and say, Hey, this foothold that was created by me getting angry ends with me. Mm-hmm. I can't go and make someone else angry Yeah. and let the devil attack them based off of how I'm feeling. Yeah. Like, um, I think the next part, I mean, the next part I want to go into is just kind of what to do when the devil starts coming into your mind, you know, like Jesus, he fought, um, the devil's evil tactics with scripture first. Um, he also didn't really pay attention to it because he said, he was like, don't go away. Just go away. I like that too. I said, you you don't understand understand this is not working for you. Can you just flee now? Come on. What are you doing here? (laughs) So I said, Jesus didn't pay attention to the temptations because he knew the truth and his identity from his father. Be aware, but not focused on it. Be aware of what the devil's tactics are. Be Uh aware of what he's doing, what he's putting in your mind. Let him know. I know that's you. Shut up. Stop. That's literally stop. just go back to the old fashioned shut up real quick. Yeah, you know, like just stop. anytime you feel like the devil is getting in your mind, shut up. Just don't even this I is what the that. says out of here. And then it also um the next one I have written down is bring it into captivity, which is second Corinthians, if you want to read that one out of there. Because I like how it's written. Yes. And the King James version better than anything else. And if you'll read that and then it said uh yeah, so it's Actually, Paul's talking about this in the 2 Corinthians chapter 10, mm-hmm. verse 5. Yeah. It says, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted themselves against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Yes, and I have, like, take every thought, which is from the devil, take every single one of those captive, every imagination of the flesh captive, and every high thing that exalts itself above God. That's three things right there that just shows you that's how the devil's going to try to come in. He's going to try to yep. make you imagine this great life that the flesh desires. The flesh wants it. Just or, cast you know, and get it, rid of it. He'll be like, if, even when you know God's word and you know, oh, thou shalt not kill. Oh, but abortion's okay. Thou shalt yeah. not, you know, thou shalt not um, have premarital sex. Oh, but this one time is fine. fine. Just you know, fine. because he'll forgive you. Yeah. And he does that. It's like it's like he does that a lot. Like he'll like twist he and make you feel. He waters down God. Yeah. He, yeah. Make, he makes you feel like okay. Well, if God says He loves you so much, then you should be able to do this and be just fine, right? And that's something I want to touch oh, on. Yes. Because I feel like yes. as Christians, our our biggest weapon is the fact that God will forgive. And forget our sins. But don't take advantage of it. And that's something that my people, um, a lot of people take advantage of it. They're like, oh, I can just do this and ask for forgiveness tomorrow. And that's yes. something my mom said. She said something right. to me, um, and she said, "Don't use God's grace as an excuse." Yeah, yeah. And I, and, I, and that spoke to me. And that's something that I kind of like take with me. Um, that was you know a couple of years now. And then something else too. I would just come across Michael Todd. He's a great, great. Todd, he is so anointed. Yes. Um, He's but awesome. He said something, and, and this is kind of what kind of helped me like overcome my little sins you know even though though they're all the same to god's eyes i think us as people say well this sin's bigger than this sin you know and um but he said every time you sin 
and you know it's a sin, but you still choose to do it, you're cheapening what Jesus did on the cross. Yes, and oh, there's two things with that. And that's so powerful. Yes, there's two things with this that really freaks me, because one, I heard this where he said, every time you do sin, every time you choose that sin over Jesus, you're putting him back on the cross. Look at it that way. Look at it like you're putting him back on the cross. You're making him suffer for you again. You're putting them nails back in his hands. Oh my gosh. That will wreck somebody. If you start looking at it that way, you you will literally, oh my gosh, it will wreck you. Well, it's the tiniest things too. Like, like I know I've been in front of people who are very, very in-depth in their relationship with God. And there's like maybe something that people are doing around me that I would want to do, but like don't want to do because they're there. But it's like, okay, if they're there, and you feel this way, you feel you feel conviction in front of them, but God's there all the time. Yes. And He's who you should really feel yes. like you should do these things in front of. Exactly. So feel that conviction all the time. Yeah. Know what you should and shouldn't do. If you wouldn't if God physically was right here and you could see God and He was watching you and you could see His eyes on you, would you do it or not? Yeah. If if you're doing something and you have to ask yourself, would I do this if God could physically see me and you say no, then you probably shouldn't do it. Yeah, I think I mentioned this before, but and you like, can't physically see, you just can't see him. Yeah. One of the best things and I think the most important things that thing of having a relationship with God and Jesus, like just truly having that relationship, is a fear of Him. If you oh do gosh. not have a fear of Him, you will not know the love of Him. You will not have that connection with Him. And one other thing that I saw, or someone had said to me, um, was don't use God as a prostitute. Don't use Him only when you want Him. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And that goes hand in hand with a ton of different things. But really, if you start looking at it like that, it's like, oh, shit. There's just a I lot just of things. Them like on you... Sundays and Wednesdays. That's it. Oh, there's yep. not so many people, too. They're like, yeah. oh, I can just get my I can just get my rejuvenation and God no. will pick on my Sunday morning. You can't eat once a week. Well, and <laughs> you you got to eat way every day. That is not the only thing you need to feed yourself with. And the way <laughs> I, I see it, too, is, spiritually. is yes. like if you, so me and you are in a relationship, right? You you know there's things that's going to hurt my feelings and it's going to make me feel some type of way. And I know things that are going to do the same thing to you, mm-hmm. right? And if you have a relationship with God and you and he's gotten you through tough times mm-hmm. and you truly built a relationship with God like you're supposed to have, mm-hmm. Wouldn't you care about hurting his feelings? Yeah. And wouldn't you care about doing things he doesn't want you to do? Yes. You yes. care about those things. Yes, and that is one thing I've really seen. The like the stronger the relationship that I get with him, I'm like, oh my god, I don't want to hurt his heart though. Exactly. And you also, also, you also start to really notice the things too. A lot of times when you are so far from God, you do these things on a daily basis. You're yeah. sinning. You're cussing. You're you're mm-hmm. having premarital sex. You're drinking. You're out partying. You're doing whatever, and it's obviously things that you shouldn't do. But then. You don't have that conviction because you don't have that relationship. Or you do, and you've just and done it so much that you just... It's just kind of... It's exactly. easy to just ignore it. I feel like on this journey, too, I've had a crazy amount of uh, conviction. Like, yeah. even... I even, love um, conviction, though. Conviction is exactly what you should pray yes. for, honestly. I want, every time I go to church, helps I want you. conviction. When I talk to another person, I want conviction. When I open up the Word, I want conviction. Yeah. It's the only way I want to be more like Him. Like, more literally, pure. the other day when I... In that situation with the phones, like... The day after, I was, and even that night, I was like, cause, cause I've been asking God, I was like, make my heart nicer, you know, I like, my heart. make me, make yeah. me understanding where I can really handle situations in a very peaceful way, in a way that would please you. Yeah. And then that night, I did it. And that's one thing I also have heard recently is God doesn't automatically just make it happen. He'll test you. He'll put, he he'll put, yeah, he'll yeah. put you into opportunities to become what you just prayed for. Yes. And if you react the way that you choose to react, and I chose to react in anger that day, um, you know, that's on you. Just pray for another test and keep going. All you can do is live and learn. But that night, I prayed to him, and that day, I prayed to him for about 15, 20 minutes about it. I was like, I am so sorry. Like, I know that that's not how I should have handled it. Yeah. But you know what? A year ago, I would have never even... You would have handled that way and went on about your day. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And like, ugh. You live, you learn, you learn, and you and he wants you to learn. His word is here to learn. I think something's big too is like a lot of us were like, you know, we go through things and we're like, does God really love us? You know what I'm saying? Like, is does he truly love us? But I think you really need to look at is do you love God? Yeah. Because if you love God, you're not gonna be so quick to act in anger. You're not gonna be so quick to to you know get mad at things and to to judge things and to you know live how you're not supposed to live, you know, because, and, and something that, um, something that I was, I was watching a podcast the other day and, um, it was this guy talking about like, when you truly love your wife, 
you don't you don't start thinking about like oh I love my I love my wife because she cooks me dinner or she's there for me when I wake up. You start thinking I love my wife because I can come home and provide for her and I can come home and make her happy. Yeah. You know, I think when you start looking at it is like I love God because I cannot cuss for God. And I cannot smoke weed for God. Yeah. And I cannot lie for God. Yeah. And I think once you start looking at it is I need to truly love God for God to love me. Like, yes, God's going to love you no matter what. But start looking at it and say, hey, you're going to love me. I'm going to love you not to do this. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest things God's about, too, is your feelings really don't matter, especially those anger feelings and that situation you're in. And this is something that I've been so convicted about lately. Your feelings just don't matter to him. He doesn't care. It's his way or the highway, you know, God's way or no way. Mm-hmm. You are supposed to every single day wake up and crucify your flesh along with Jesus. You're supposed to be crucified with him. It doesn't matter what you're feeling. It's what there's God's no rationalization you. of it. No. Like it's not. Yeah. Like you can't no. just excuse it a certain yeah. way. You yeah. know, that's something too. like going back to how the devil really attacks your weaknesses. Like I feel like one of my big weaknesses that I found is well, I, don't, I try not to, but I find myself, I'm a server. So like, you know, like if I have like a table that's just like really annoying, I tend to go back to the server station and I'll tell the servers, I'll be like this table, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But you know, like if you what? went to Brothers recently <laughs> and, and you were rude to her, she talked. <laughs> no, 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 no. We all do it. But <laughs> but what is? But see, my yeah. thing is like, what good does that do? And mm-hmm. I, and I also God will judge you how harshly you judge others, yeah. and and that's something I have very I I feel like not insanely struggled with, but it is a weakness of mine. I find myself getting carried away talking about something if it annoys me of another person, like yeah. their actions and stuff. But like, what good does that do? That was one of my recent you know? convictions too. And that is a like, huge conviction and the devil yes. loves to play on that. And I've been asking God to help me with that. But then that's another thing. Like at Cracker Barrel the other day, we had a bad server and it got me into talking about how horrible this server was. And I was so not upset, but like judging the server, you know, yeah. and that was again another test that God threw my way. And yeah. it came right after listening to Benny Tate. So we came, and this is something I want, I want to bring awareness to. You, you go yeah. to church, and it's a it's a great service. You come out on fire. Yeah. The devil's gonna throw something at you because oh. you're coming out on fire. He's like, here's a bucket of water, and how <laughs> you react so to that is gonna be how your day goes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. I know the devil so loves to bring and, and just being aware of how when and how the devil's gonna attack you. Mm-hmm. You know, and and and, and oh, you yeah. you we didn't think about that. Like even sitting there at Cracker Barrel, we're like, dang, you know, the server's not the best. <laughs> Love him. Hopefully, he gets better. You know, yeah. the server's not the best. And 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 it automatically <laughs> well, I brought us down. I was done in the reason about it just now. I'm like, oh, okay. See what I'm saying? Like, speak life, not like you know, life, like what good does that do? Yes, but I'm very well aware of that. That's a conviction that I have, and that's something I'm working Same. on. But like the God, Same. God throws those tests at you for you to work through the things that you're praying for. Mm-hmm. And you have to be wary of like when those tests come your way and, and how you treat them yeah, and how you go about them. Because if you really want to get better, he will allow that through situations, but it's actually your physical choice to do so. Yeah. And uh, again, God's all about choice. So yeah. obviously he's not going to force you to act like that or going to force your heart mm-hmm. to be a certain type of way. You need to choose to be this way. And yeah. you got to think of too, he, he gives you stuff like for me, I've always had a bad temper. He laid that on me, and I have to overcome it to learn something. Yes. If he just takes it from me, I didn't learn nothing. Yeah, and one of my biggest prayers recently, too, has been, like, make me aware. Because in those situations, the emotions will most of the time overtake you mentally, and you don't think about, oh, my gosh, but I'm not supposed to be doing this. So I've been, like, convict me for it in that moment. Make me aware of it in that moment. Make me aware and give me eyes to see mm-hmm. what I'm doing and how I'm acting and help me change towards you in that situation. Yeah. And that is one, that's a very effective prayer. If you've never prayed that. I think that honestly, just like how you (laughs) said, knowing scripture in general to recall back on in situations like that, like when you find yourself getting angry or when you find yourself getting annoyed or judgmental to, or, you know, or Mm -hmm. whatever, to go back and to be able to quote scripture in your mind, that is something, that's literally one of the biggest scriptures I've been quoting recently is, um, greater in me than he is who is, he is who, he that is who is, in the world. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a scripture. But that is like one of my, it's, it's, it comes a lot, a lot better in my head. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I know. I was third, you know, me and mother's got the same yeah. problem, but you know, <laughs> but that's one of the biggest things and just praying too. And I've been praying for, um, like, you know, cause there's patterns leading up to kind of like when I have, um, like some angry outbursts, I pray to realize those patterns. Like, let yes. me see it coming 
so yeah. I can avoid it, you yeah. know? And I think this all comes back to is how we're trying to get through the devil attacks, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah. if you can understand the attack, you'll understand how to handle it better. Exactly. Like, and that leads us into the next thing because we have went on a rampage. Yeah. Like, I know, honestly, because we so all have been, take it, you know? yeah. we've all been through this, yeah, you know? And I feel like everybody needs to understand, like, it literally yeah. happens to everybody. Like, but, you just have to be vigilant. Yeah, to reel it back in, basically, I'll go through <laughs> one through four again. But the first one's basically scripture. Jesus used scripture to fight off the devil. Um, he didn't really pay that much attention to him. He did not make him his whole, you know, focus on the devil. His focus was still on, you know, the Father. And he was over to the side. Just whatever. You know, I'll handle you. And then bring the thoughts into captivity, you know. Um, 2 Corinthians 10.5. So good. And then the last one is the armor of God, which we're planning on doing another episode about. So definitely stay tuned because that's so much to unpack. Because yeah. I feel like you cannot understand the armor of God. You have to understand the armor of God to be able to put on the armor of God, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm excited to do it. Like, and when you have the armor of God it, on, he will protect you through anything. Nothing can put it can yeah. penetrate you you're not gonna you'll be fine you know yeah. what i'm saying the armor yeah. God's kind of hard to understand because i know I, um when i was a kid you know you'd go to kids church yeah. and stuff and they you know they'd be preaching the armor of god and i'd read it i just like it don't make no sense to yeah you. i don't understand how do yeah. i put this on no they like how do i wake up and choose armor of god today in my wardrobe like but where's my belt of truth where's where's my shoes of peace i cannot go right. today <laughs> i need <Yeah>. a shield <laughs> where did i pick that thing Obviously, the armor of God is very important, and that's kind of a necessity to be able to go into battle with the devil. Um, so that's why we're going to be talking about it in our next episode, because it's a lot to break down. Yeah, um, but we'll is. go ahead and close this episode out with a prayer, Chloe. All right. Everybody join hands. <laughs> all right. God, we want to thank you for today and for allowing us to be a vessel for you and talk about all of the ways that Satan could try to get into our minds, but we know through you that we can defeat everything. We ask for your conviction and for your realization when we're under attack, that we can face it face to face and get through it through you and with your power and with your love and with your mercy and with your awesomeness. We just love you so much and we thank you for everything that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Love like Jesus would. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for stopping to the Thank us. you, guys. Thank you,